0: More bad news for the worst bank in the world. Of course, the bank that I'm referring to is Deutsche Bank, which many years ago would be seen by some as maybe the premier bank in all of Germany, maybe even all of the European Union. But following the financial crisis, the the global financial crisis in 2008, 2009, as well as a series of more Eurocentric crises uh, in the years after that, the bank has taken a beating. Now, I mean, all European banks, maybe not all, but most major European banks have, have taken a beating over the last 10 years. But Deutsche Bank is probably faring the worst of them all. It's a shadow of its former self, and, and it's reflected in its stock price. Now, what I'm talking about today, this, this more bad news for the bank, is an announcement that came out yesterday. It was kind of expected by most people. From the CEO of the bank, uh, Christopher Sewing, and basically what this amounts to is a restructuring and a downsizing of the bank. Now, this is obviously done with the attempt of of salvaging what's left of the bank, done with the attempt of of preventing a full-blown collapse of the bank. Uh, I think it's going to be unsuccessful in those goals unsuccessful the 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 path they're taking is ultimately going to be unsuccessful i think most people that are not you know in the camp of permeables when it comes to the global economy or or uh huge fans of central banks or something like that i think most people realize where this is most likely heading and that is nationalization right it could be a merger right um, there's some miracle it could come out of this fighting uh, it could come out of this um a leaner meaner company and and somehow survive i highly doubt that and of course there's the other chance of of a full blown collapse due to some black swan event some global financial crisis that's within the realm of possibility too but but more likely than not this is heading for some sort of nationalization through the German government uh, and/or the European Central Bank. Now, what this announcement basically amounts to is a first of all, massive job cuts. Something like twenty percent of the workforce, eighteen thousand jobs. Now, these are good-paying jobs. I mean, you think of a bank. I'm not talking just a bunch of bank tellers. I'm talking, you know, asset managers and, and traders and and uh, e- executives. You know, people that are you know raking in millions. You know, six seven maybe even eight figures, some of these individuals. Uh, this is a big deal. Uh, they're also gonna be closing some or scaling back in some of their businesses. Uh, they'll be exiting the equity sales and trading business, uh, uh, scaling back their fixed income, so bonds, loans, etc. cetera, uh, sales and trading businesses. Um, and they're also gonna be spinning off a uh, bad bank. Now, this is basically what it refers to as, is they're gonna Take a whole bunch of their bad assets, either illiquid uh, and or uh, assets that are not performing well or trades that aren't performing well, and put them in a different division of the company I'm talking seventy four billion euros worth of of this um of these assets and this bad bank, something other banks have done in the past uh to again try to to better capitalize a business that this bad bank ultimately will be wound down over a period of months, probably years. And that's a lot. That's a lot in their playbook that that they're going to be trying to to undertake. But honestly, this is this is eerily reminiscent of banking crises of the past, or or at least the events leading up to that. Whether we're talking about the global financial crisis or the European banking crisis, ultimately this is not going to end well. In fact, this was pointed out over the weekend by a uh, a guy by the name of uh, Raoul pa- Raoul Pal. Uh, of real vision. Maybe you guys are, are familiar with him and, and he's put out a, a, a thread over on Twitter where he basically talks about how like, hey, Deutsche Bank's in a bad position, but but if you look at the macroeconomic situation in Europe, it's not good and it's not going to get better. And you add on to that how the European Central Bank is going to respond to that through you know bad, uh, poor economic growth and, and low inflation. Uh, they're likely to respond by easing policy, by cutting rates, and, and cutting rates, low interest rates, zero or negative interest rate policy, one of the maybe unintended consequences of it over the years has been that it's, it's slowly but surely decimated major banks the world over, but especially in the European Union. And that's where this gets really interesting. Yes, Deutsche Bank is maybe doing the worst off of all these major European banks. But as this Raoul Pal pointed out, It's hardly the only bank that's in a bad position. And when we see the European Central Bank further cut rates or further ease policy, effectively driving down rates, when you see German bond yields and other European sovereign debt yields go further and further below zero, that actually has a pretty good correlation to the stock price of a lot of these larger banks. And, And that is worrying. Deutsche Bank, yes, if it fails... Could set off a contagion. But what do you do when you're not just talking about Deutsche Bank, but also Commerce Bank and Credit Suisse and SOCGen and UBS and a whole host of other uh, major Spanish, French, German, uh, Italian, and other banks in Europe that are all just doing terrible because of low rates, because of, uh, of a recession, because of, of liquidity concerns. You, you throw on top of that things like, like uh, the, the current Euro-dollar squeeze that we're seeing going on right now is covered by people like Jeff Snyder. Um, again, I, I think people know how this is going to end, but I think the big point of this is not just Deutsche Bank's fate, but the fate of the, well, the, the global banking sector, but, but the whole European banking sector. Is this just heading to some sort of massive nationalization? And, and I fail to see it, it moving in any other direction. Yes, a, a collapse could happen. Right, I'm not going to rule out the possibility of that. But I think most people that that are making these decisions know that it's a huge risk. Right, and if you see Deutsche Bank or any of those banks I named, as well as many others, go under, I mean that's the end of the the global banking sector. We're in we're in uh, uh, great financial crisis part two, right? The, the continuing. This is not going to be a separate financial crisis. It's just going to be the the part two. I mean, when when the ECB and the Fed came in to save the day back in in uh, you know the late two thousands, early teens. Uh, I mean, you, you could basically people that were familiar with it, people that knew what they were talking about. You can basically say this is a, a, to be continued. This isn't over yet. And we're going to see that come back. And so you've got to think that there's going to be some sort of plan here through the ECB and these national governments to somehow save these banks. In fact, again, I think this is Raul Powell pointed out, maybe as somebody else, that that the uh, one of the rumored picks for the next uh, uh, you know, president of the European Central Bank is – uh, uh, what's her name? I forget her first name, but Lagarde from the IMF, somebody that's been very familiar with coming in and and solving problems, right? Oftentimes through through IMF loans, which which oftentimes are not in the best interest of the of the country itself. But you have know, seen countries like Argentina and, and many others uh, take those types of deals, anyways, because it's they feel it's their only option. Well, w- what happens, you know, in the following years when when the ECB is cut rates to negative one, negative one and a half percent. German bond yields are are negative two percent. You know what happens to these banks at that point? I can't tell the answer, but I, I don't think that they're just gonna let them collapse. I think that there's going be some other plan put in place. With that being said, that doesn't mean that somehow problem solved. No, it's it's only gonna get worse, right? That's only gonna make the problem worse. We need some sort of a reset. We we needed the reset about 10 years ago. Right in this global financial system, and and make no mistake, whatever happens in Europe is going to spread to China and it's going to spread to the United States. You know the other two major financial powerhouses. Now the other thing I wanted to talk about, you know, talking about Deutsche Bank, I, I mentioned their bad bank and their bad and or illiquid assets that they're going to be rolling off into this so called bad bank, and and I wanted to kind of parlay that, or I, I want to to segue, I should say, into uh, a different topic of illiquidity. And and another risk to the whole financial system, liquidity concerns, right? Now, this was a few weeks ago. There was a, a equity firm, a, a, I think a hedge fund. Um, I forget exactly, you know, what the, the technical name for it is. But basically, what it was called was like H H2, two H two O. I think H two O Wealth Management, which is an incredibly ironic name. But but H two O Wealth Management. They basically stopped their customers from being able to withdraw funds because of liquidity concerns. Now, I want to talk about what they mean when they say liquidity concerns. A lot of these companies, now, I mean, I saw an article from from Wall Street today, and that's part of why I'm talking about this, about more equity funds that that are having liquidity problems. Uh, In this case, it was Woodford uh, Equity Income Fund. Uh, There's another one on here. Um, Linsdale Train UK Equity Fund, uh, Global Equity Fund, some of these different equity funds that are having liquidity concerns, they pointed out that part of the reason that some of these were being removed from, uh, oh, let's see, where is it? Um, Hargreaves Lansdowne was removing some of these uh, from the, their Wealth 50 best list due to liquidity concerns, basically saying like, there's a problem here. Um, it, it was found that that in one case, this this uh, Linsdale Train UK equity fund would need Something like 13 working days to sell 20% of its portfolio, 7.1 billion uh, um, of its total portfolio, 7.1 billion pounds, to, to sell that much. Now, now the point of what, what I'm saying here is that these equity funds, you, you think of equity and you think of stocks, right, ETFs and, and the like. But that's oftentimes not the case for these types of equity funds. They have oftentimes some sort of private equity. Which is usually not very liquid, <coughs> reason being they're not publicly traded it can I mean, does that make sense? Let's say you know you you have a company out there uh, you know uh, SpaceX is the one that comes to mind, SpaceX, um, you know run by Elon Musk, uh, who also runs Tesla. Uh, SpaceX is privately owned. It is not traded on a stock exchange. And thus there's private private equity out there for this company. I mean, the way that it works is it's just like with public equity. There's dividends, you know, profit sharing. And you know, potentially you can you you can sell it if if the valuation of the overall company goes up. But it's very illiquid. You can't just go and and go on, I don't know, Craigslist and, and list a sale for like SpaceX equity. I mean, you, you have to find buyers, right? And that's why they're saying for them to sell 20% of their portfolio, which is very possible that 20% of their customers want their money withdrawn from this fund, they will need 13 days to sell it. It points out that Woodf- Woodford's shareholders have already had to wait almost three times that long right? I, I imagine it's a similar case for this H2O fund. And that's the case for a lot of these different um, owners of this private equity. Pensions, pensions are, are you know, up to their neck and uh, not really. But but private equity is is a, a good chunk of their their portfolio, you know, 10, 20% in some cases, I'm sure. Not to say that they necessarily have to sell it quickly, um, but illiquid assets are also assets that, that very quickly can drop to you know, zero or just a, a portion of, of what you know they were bought for right and this is a serious concern but but I think the big concern here is that yes this private equity and these other um, assets that are that are illiquid in these these various funds what happens when all of a sudden those same liquidity concerns come up for assets that today we would consider liquid I'm talking uh, uh, very popular stocks or ETFs out there. Right? And we we've all seen, um you know, maybe not all, but but if you've gone around and, and you looked at different stock tickers and, and from time to time you'll find an ETF or 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 a publicly traded company from from a foreign company that's traded on some small exchange here in the United States or something like that where it's you look at the price action and it's nothing like the S&P or an ETF or Apple stock where it's you know you see hundreds thousands tens of thousands of of shares being traded you know by the minute instead you're seeing you know maybe a volume of a few hundred shares traded over the span of an entire day i mean that is an illiquid stock doesn't mean there's not a case to buy it, but it's illiquid meaning if you need to dump it you're going to have a hard time doing so over a short period of time unless you want to take a serious Uh, um, loss on it right cut your sell price and and that's the big concern with with things like etfs and with with stocks held by by pension funds by hedge funds by traders uh, by by average investors 401ks especially when everybody wants out when everybody's rushing for the exit I mean that's the big concern with this. I mean, what happens if one of these funds, you know, all of a sudden, again, twenty percent of the customers want out, and and they they all come at the same day? I mean, it, it's basically a bank run except with equity funds, right? What happens if that happens to hedge funds? Or what happens if that happens with, with, uh, um, you know. Something along the lines of four hundred one k's. If people want to cash out the 401ks, their four uh, hundred one k's, their their IRAs, you know, whatever the the penalty might be, or if people are just going to their to their own um, brokerage accounts, right, and and selling it for cash. What happens when everybody wants out of these stocks and ETFs? You have a liquidity crisis, and and this may seem like a totally separate topic from Deutsche Bank, which I started off talking about, but I think these two topics are are intimately Interwoven, and and you can't talk about the next global financial crisis without talking about liquidity concerns. Now, yes, there's there's ways to, to provide liquidity to the system, usually through the central banks. Um, but when we're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars worth of assets: stocks, bonds, real estate, private equity, uh, as well as a whole bunch of other financial uh, instruments and, and and assets. Trillions. Um, liquidity is, is going to be something that's I think many people are desperate for in the next uh, financial crisis, the next uh, global recession. As always, you know I'd like to hear your thoughts on this video, on this podcast, down below in the comments section. Thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this, for listening to this, and God bless.